1: Reuters editor in charge, Martin Howell, goes on the record online.
2: Yeah, we, we have been very much in recent years trying to get to the stage of writing one story for all audiences. Um, I mean, there, there are obviously are some technical financial market stories that might not uh, pass muster for, for a larger consumer audience, but, but most stories about, you know, we, we don't treat the, the, the internet audience as unintelligent. You know, if they really do want to know, you know, the, 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 what's going on with inventory levels at a retailer or, or what's going on, uh, uh, you know, in terms of cash flow with, with a company that's got problems. They don't just want the surface.
1: And welcome to another episode of On the Record Online. If you're a regular listener of this show, welcome back. If this is your first time listening, uh, this is the podcast uh, that tries to bring you the story behind the story. We do in-depth, one-on-ones interviews with journalists from the mainstream media, and we also, from time to time, also do bloggers and podcasters, newsmakers, PR practitioners. And typically, we focus on how uh, new media technology is changing and potentially even disrupting the mainstream news media business. Um, I'm your host, Eric Schwartzman. I am the founder and president of iPressroom Corporation. Uh, We help organizations integrate the web into their marketing communications and PR initiatives. I'm also personally and professionally fascinated at how um, technology is changing the way organizations communicate and the way people consume media and information. Today we have an interview with uh, Martin Howell. He's the editor-in-charge at Reuters, Inc. Um, he, He oversees equity coverage for North America and South America. Uh, he has directed much of Reuters corporate news coverage in the United States um, over the past four years, including coverage of the Enron scandal, the internet bubble, the Wall, and Wall Street deception. For the past eight, 18 years, he has written, reported, and edited business news throughout the United States, Europe, Asia, and Australia, and managed news teams in all these continents. Martin is the author of Predators and Profits, "A 100-plus Ways for Investors to Protect Their Nest Eggs, a guide for investors on how to uncover the kind of scandals that brought down Enron and WorldCom. If this is your first time uh, tuning in and you're streaming this and you would like to subscribe to this program as a podcast, you can do that by going to www.ontherecordpodcast.com. And there are instructions there uh, for subscribing to the podcast, either through iTunes or Yahoo or Podcast Alley or Odeo or Feed Demon or by just picking up the raw RSS feed. And if all that sounds a bit puzzling, there is a um, a tutorial there for how to actually subscribe. It's free to subscribe. Uh, And what that means if you subscribe is that each time there's a new podcast, you would automatically receive it. And now, uh, without any more introduction uh, other than the ad that we're going to play for you, Um, I'm going to uh, uh, tell you that this uh, interview runs around 10 minutes. Yeah, is it around 10 minutes? And
0: uh, we're going to play it for you after this word. Don't be left behind. Get the latest online PR tools and services from my press room. Powerful, easy to use, available on demand. Extend your sphere of influence online with iPressroom, tools for online media centers, virtual private press rooms, RSS news feeds, podcasts, and more at www.ipressroom.com. iPressroom, always on, even when you're off.
1: Martin Harrell, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Now, in your book, Predators and Profits, and you identify more than 170 crucial warning signs of of how to see a looming problem in a corporation. Uh, what would you say is the number one red flag that investors need to watch out for?
2: I would say it's a company that doesn't address a crisis quickly. Um, I think that if, uh, if there's a problem uh, in, uh, in some part of a company's operations and they're evasive about the situation, then uh, they can see the value of brand names, the value of the company disappear overnight. Uh, I mean, it, it, it indicates that there's deeper
1: problems, usually. Why have we seen so much business corruption and fraud in the past few years?
2: Um, I, I, you know, it, arguably, there's always been a lot of business fraud and corruption. I mean, if you go back to uh, the milking days and, uh, you know, I mean, it's not as if it's, it's a sudden event. Um, But I think, you know, you've got to start looking at things like uh, the compensation of uh, executives. Um, You've got to start looking at the pressures that the market brings to bear if companies don't meet their numbers. Um, I mean, a lot of this starts at divisional level. Um, You'll get uh, the CEO of a company saying to his divisional presidents, you've got to make the numbers. I don't care. And uh, that, you know, means that there's some guy sitting there at uh, two o'clock in the morning, sweating over the numbers and trying to make them add up. That's that's you know, I mean, he, it's his his or her job at stake often.
1: Uh, since the internet bubble has burst, so to speak, are people beginning to feel more comfortable in investing in internet startups?
2: I, I think so. I mean, I think uh, there's been uh, you know, there's been obviously been a change. I mean, things like Google have obviously changed the atmosphere uh, significantly. Um, I think uh, you know, people are still wary. Uh, there's a difference these days between a lot of the companies that are in the, in the public domain and, and, and the ones five years ago. Five years ago, there was no uh, earnings, there was no uh, earnings you know, E in the PE, as it were. Um, now you know, these companies have revenue growth, they have earnings, they have real plans, and uh, those companies seem to be uh, attracting investors.
1: Now, Reuters is a syndicated news service. What does that mean for someone who has no familiarity with Reuters, other than the fact that they may have seen the Dateline in one of the print publications that takes your feed, or perhaps on the internet? What is a news syndicate?
2: I, I think syndicate is not the word we would use. We're we're the biggest global wire service. Um, We provide, I mean, you know, the the, the immensity of the operation is is something to behold. We have 2,300 editorial staff in 196 bureaus around the world, um, 129 countries. Um, I mean, it means that if there's something happening in uh, Central Asia in one of the republics, we have someone on the ground. If there's something something happening in... uh, uh, any country in Africa, we have someone on the ground who provides us with the information. It makes a big difference compared with uh, some of our rivals. Uh, we have a, a huge picture service. We have a, 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 a very significant television uh, operation. Um, a lot of what you, you might see on, on the networks in the U.S. Uh, is Reuters footage from overseas. Uh, it, it, it's, it's more than just a syndicated
1: news agency. Now, um, given the fact that uh, obviously you're a news organization that exercises editorial oversight, a number of the photos that came out of the London bombings were camera phones. We're seeing now people, citizens, become journalists as well. Does that pose a threat or a challenge for Reuters, and if not, how might you shift your coverage to highlight what is strongest about your service?
2: I, I don't think it uh, is a challenge I think uh, it's an opportunity if anything um, i mean we we've often used pictures from from people who happen to have been on the scene of uh, of a major event um, i don't uh, I also don't think that anything will quite replace uh, a professional photos team or a professional camera team that's in a in a war zone or in a uh, at the scene of an air crash or uh, you know, at the scene of a, of a football game. I, I really don't think anything is going to quite replace that. But, I mean, obviously there are going to be opportunities uh, in terms of citizen journalism, and we, we're going to be grabbing them. We've, you know, if you look at Reuters.com, you'll see um, we've been you know, rapidly heading down the road towards blogs and uh, open events, um, such as a, a debate on the coverage of the Iraq war, Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, uh, coverage of the Consumer Electronics Show, that sort of thing. Uh, We're very much open. Uh, We're in a much better position. We're in a sweet spot compared with a lot of uh, the traditional uh, media industry. We don't have those distribution costs. We're traditionally in this area anyway. We don't have uh, anything that's being questioned in terms of its distribution. Uh, Meaning
1: you guys are focusing exclusively on the news itself, distributing that news electronically. You don't have printing presses. We you can use
2: have... any method we want. We can go wireless. We can, you know, we, 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 we always have been electronic, uh, you know, uh, certainly after the day of the pigeon and everything else. But, I mean, we always have been in that field. So,
1: frankly, we should be uh, in, in the best spot of all. In the media relations community, there's always some confusion when you say the wires, because there are also paid newswire services, uh, like Business Wire, that uh, you pay money to, and they'll, I guess, have some sort of a routing code, and they are able to move it over a Reuters terminal. Um, But how do you distinguish the wires from the PR wires? Well, I mean, there's a
2: big difference between uh, a press release from a company and the decision that um, our... Reporters and editors take as to what to headline from that press release. It may be something that's hidden in uh, page 26 of that press release that's the most important part of the news. It may be that company is disclosing litigation, but it's in the footnotes.
1: Uh, you know, that's that's what people pay pay us to do. But a big part of your business is the Reuters terminal that's used by people in the financial industry to keep tabs on what's going on in the markets. So. If I'm a trader and I'm using Reuters to cover a sector, how do I notice which stories are being moved over Reuters wire versus what's being moved over one of the papers? I mean, they're
2: clearly delineated in terms of it either being a Reuters story or a business wire or PRN story. It's very clear-cut. I don't think there's any confusion about that in terms of the source. I mean, it's it's clear-cut in the headline. It's clear-cut in in terms of the longer uh, version.
1: With a routing code?
2: With, it just says Business Wire or Reuters on the story. Got it's, it. It's
1: absolutely clear. Given the fact that people now have access to Reuters via the Internet, uh, does that pose, put you at an advantage from where you used to be? And does it ch- has it changed at all the way you write your stories? Because you're writing for a consumer audience as well now.
2: Yeah, we, we have been very much in recent years trying to get to the stage of writing one story for all audiences. Um, I mean, there are obviously are some technical financial market stories that might not uh, pass muster for, for a larger consumer audience. But, but most stories about, you know, we, we don't treat the, the, the internet audience as unintelligent. You know, if they really do want to know, you know, the, the, the what's going on with inventory levels at a retailer or, or what's going on, uh, uh, you know, in terms of cash flow with, with a company that's got problems. They don't just want the
1: surface. I mean, investors are pretty smart uh, in terms of in the retail field as well. In the media business now, there's a good deal of uh, discussion about push media and pull media, the idea that the former is distributed and the the latter is uh, controlled by the person who consumes the media. Uh, Seeing as how the wire originated as push technology, what impact, if any, will the growth of search have on your business?
2: Um, I, th- you know, we've already uh, announced recently a partnership with Google for Google Finance. Um, we're 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 involved with them very closely on that. Um, we are in a, you know, again in in an excellent position because we're a wholesaler of, for example, uh, TV footage. Uh, so if you want, you know, if you if you want TV footage that's, uh, you know, and you want to to plan your own news program uh, that's not gone through the you know a lot of editing and a lot of decision making um, by a major network um, if you want to say hey I want 10 minutes of news from the Middle East tonight I don't just want the 30 seconds of the bomb explosion that they're going to give me you know we're, we're in the perfect position for that and uh, you know if you go to Reuters.com you'll see uh, you know how many videos we now have that are, that are there in terms of raw footage there's a lot of room for development
1: for us are we transforming to a poll media world? Not sure what you mean by that. What is the impact on polls, on popular consensus, and how does that play a role in what you decide to lead with? Um, I mean, we, we
2: don't, you know, we're not going to go and chase. I mean, if we, if we were to put uh, certain words in the headlines of every story, of course we would get... You know, a higher hit rate. I mean, that's not what we're about. We have, you know, we're very based on on our ethical principles, on integrity, on what's important. Uh, That's why people turn
1: to us. That's why there's trust in Reuters as a global news service. But we see certainly a number of services have arisen that allow people to decide what they think is the most important news of the day. Uh, There's a service called Dig, you're probably familiar with, and, and others out there that allow others to tag a story and then people who might be interested in stories on that given sector able to turn at what the popular consensus feels is the most important news of the day that, and that, i that's
2: fine but as a as a news organization um... that that is a you know produces a lot of news across a, a wide range of areas we will put our news out into that field if those you know if those services want to tag one of our stories as one of the most popular of the day or someone else's that's going to be their decision obviously when we're, we're keen to be, be high up those lists, but, I mean, I, it, it shouldn't be seen
1: as something that's going to change our news judgment. But you're responsible for overseeing a number of journalists, and you've got to make sure on a daily basis that you guys are covering the important news of the day. So tell me, what are your influencers? How do you keep uh, vi- uh, perspective over everything that's going well, as, on?
2: Well, as, as, as equities editor for the Americas, uh, for, for North and South America, that's all company news in North and South America, My number one priority is our financial clients. Um, And then I obviously work very closely with consumer media on the major stories of the day. And they will, you know, obviously they they will, you know, look at something like the immigration debate and, and decide that they want you know, more stories on, 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 on something like that. Or we may be at the cable conference in Vegas at the moment, and they'll decide that we're breaking a lot of news, that it's, you know, of wide appeal to, to the internet audience. Yeah, so there are some slightly diff- different decision makings. My, pro- my first priority is to produce news for our financial clients. So it's whatever is happening in the market that day that is really, really important for our financial clients, for for, for investors, for traders, for for, for companies.
1: There's a perception, at least in the public relations or media relations community, that you guys really are the strongest outlet for the European market, that that's really where you guys have your distribution, and that if you want to get out there in the U.S. market, AP has a stronger foothold. Do you agree, disagree?
2: I think, you know, obviously, traditionally, in terms of the newspaper industry in the U.S., there may be some some truth in that. Uh, I think if you talk to to financial clients, to the people, the movers and shakers in finance, I don't think they would put AP above us. Uh, The world is so global at the moment. Uh, that the decision makers need news from China, they need news from India. If you go to China and India, for example, and you you know you you, you mention the word Reuters, everyone knows it, and they certainly don't mispronounce it and say Reuters. Um, it is you know it, it is you know it is a household name. Um, so it's not it's well beyond Europe, and and we have. A, a, a large presence in the US, and we break a lot of news here. Um, we have uh, our summits program, industry summits program, we have probably 600 uh, chief executives and other top executives coming through our offices every year. Uh, And that's probably going to grow. And, uh, you know, we we have a growing brand name and a growing
1: presence. Final question. If there was one piece of advice or words of wisdom that you wanted every public relations person to keep in mind before they dial the Reuters reporter and pitched a story, what would that be? Be relevant.
2: Be relevant to what is happening today, the themes of today, not the themes that were in uh, a newspaper two days ago.